one of my uh, favorite places uh, to relax, to reflect, to pray, to uh, read my Bible is uh, outside, especially after a work day. And uh, <clears throat> not long after we moved here, I realized, you know, uh, especially in the summer, I, I really need some shade. So I decided I would plant a tree uh, on the west side of my patio because that's where the sun sets to give me some more shade there. And, and so what I did is I, I went down to Mesquite uh, Valley Growers, a huge uh, nursery here in Tucson, uh, carefully picked out the tree, talked to one of their experts about watering requirements and nutrients and all that. And my son and I dug the hole, uh, extended our, our uh, drip system so it would get water, and, uh, and, and then I, I waited. Uh, waited a year, N- didn't grow. Two years, three years. And by the fourth year, I realized it was actually dying. And I'm going, this stupid tree. You know, it's, <clears throat> I know that I had the watering right. I know I had the nutrients right. The problem was we dug the hole. It was too shallow. And, and, the, and we have something here in, in Arizona that's called caliche. Now, caliche is a cousin to limestone. It's rock hard. In fact, there are places it's three feet deep. And the problem was that I didn't break up the caliche below the hole that we dug for it. So that tree was never able to really set deep roots. And so the lesson that I learned was this, a healthy tree needs deep roots. <clears throat> our word for our church this year is rooted. And uh, rooted means pressing deeper into Jesus. Uh, Jesus used the idea of roots to help us understand uh, our spiritual condition. And, and one of Jesus' best-known uh, parables or stories is, is called the parable of the sower, where it talks about four different kinds of soils, and those soils represent our character uh, and represent us. And I want us to look at one of those soils that Jesus talked about, uh, because it connects to this whole idea of, of being rooted. The, the parable of the sower is found in, in Mark chapter uh, 4, and, and it tells, he tells it this way. So there's a, a farmer, he's sowing his seed, and that seed lands on four different kinds of soil. We're going to focus, as I said, on just one of those soils. And so we're going to pick that, this story up in uh, Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 5. Mark chapter 4, verse 5. It says, some feed, some, some fell, that is the seed, fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. And they withered because they had no root. And then, and then Jesus later in that chapter gives a, an interpretation of the story he told. And, and let's look at his interpretation about this particular soil. In, in Mark 4, verse 16, he says, Others, like seed sown on the rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. When Jesus interpreted this story, this parable, he said that, that the seed was the word of God. And, and the word of God then lands on the soil. It lands on, on us. It lands in our hearts. 
And when the Bible refers to hearts, it's talking about all that's inside of us. It's, it's talking about our beliefs, our values, our aspirations, our dreams, our, as well as our emotions, all that's inside. And so what Jesus is saying in this story is that, that some of the seed fell on, on, on rocky places. Think, think more of like the idea of gravel. And there's really not a lot of soil there. And so then when it did rain, the seed germinated. It sprang up quickly. And then Jesus, as he's interpreting the story, says that that seed in our heart, the Word of God in our heart, oftentimes it germinates. It springs up quickly. And for, for, for most of us, we've experienced that at different times in different ways. We hear the Word of God. Maybe it's, maybe it's in a Sunday service. Maybe it's, it's in a, a class that we're in or, or, or a small group. Maybe it's through a, a podcast or a devotional we use. Maybe it says we're reading the Scripture for ourselves in, in any of those contexts. And, and, and we love what we hear. We get excited about it. We, we, we see it, how, how helpful it'll be. It convicts us. We, we get emotional about it. And it affects us for a few minutes, maybe a day. And then the idea is lost. We, we move on to the next thing that, that excites us, the next thing that captures our attention, or, or maybe the next crisis. And, and so let's be honest. Oftentimes, God's word, it lands on our hearts, but our hearts are shallow. There's not much there. They, we don't allow the Word of God to take root and to really stick and to really affect us long term. And, and so Jesus tells us this story because he's describing a heart condition that we all have at different times. So I want, to, I want you to ask yourself this question. How deep have you gone with Jesus? Re really, how much have you let him really penetrate your heart? Have you just kept Jesus on the surface? Or are you really inviting him in to bring about real change? Is he continually changing you? You know, that happens here in Sunday morning services. It can happen in our small group. It can happen in a class. We hear really good teaching, and we might even comment to others, that was really good, or might even tell the teacher, that was really good. But then it's so easy to walk away and just sort of forget. That's what Jesus is describing. The seed, it, 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 it landed, it began to spring up. But, but when any kind of thing comes along, whether it's the sun, whether it's a storm, whether whatever, it, it just disappears, it fades, there was no root. And it does happen to all of us. It happens to me. Uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges of what I do is that I want to always be living what I'm asking you to do. I, I want to have already done what I'm asking you to do. I want that to become a real part uh, of my life. And and that, that sometimes is a challenge. You know, we're, we're in this season right now, the beginning of the year, where, where I encourage all of us to pick one word to focus on for a year. And, and, and I want to tell you why I chose the word that I did. I actually chose two words. I broke the rules, the rules I made up. Um, I, I have two words, and there's a couple reasons why. My, 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 my word for this year, words, is kind and gentle. 
And, and one of the reasons why there's two words is that those are parallel words. They, they work together. But, but here's really the story. Uh, last November... Uh, actually last fall, but last November we were uh, teaching a series on the fruit of the Spirit. And I was teaching the, the, the message on kind and gentle. And as I was studying and preparing for that, as I was teaching that, I, I knew that I, that was one of the fruit of the Spirit or the two that, that I struggled with the most and, and that I needed to get attention to. And, and I knew last, last November that that was going to be my, my words for, 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 for uh, 2022. And, 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 and here's, here's why. Um, you know what? I can be really kind and gentle to nice people. I can be kind and gentle to folks who are hurting, struggling. But in everyday life, not so much. I, I, I'm not always kind and gentle with my wife. I'm rarely kind and gentle with other drivers. <laughs> uh, I'm not always kind and gentle with, with rude store clerks. And, and here's what I've noticed just in the last few weeks. Um, when I have not been kind and gentle, fortunately because I've been praying this, the Holy Spirit reminds me, goes, uh, you weren't exactly kind and gentle there, okay? And then I've sort of been unpacking that. And you know what I've been discovering? Is that when I'm not kind and gentle, it's because I'm discovering that there's a deep-seated selfishness here. And, and, and the reason I'm not kind and gentle is because the situation, the circumstance, the person has done something or not done something that, that was, was, was interfering with me in some way, that... that, uh, that that, that they were slowing me down or they were inconveniencing me or, or I wasn't getting things done my way or the way I thought they should be done or, or the way I deserve. And, and, and so what I'm realizing is that there is a deep change that still needs to happen inside of me. So this is going to be a rough year. <laughs> now, earlier I mentioned, you know, we come to Sunday services and we, we listen to a message and... and um, and I want you to know something. Uh, I am not offended when, uh, when you fall asleep in service. Uh, I'm not offended when you wander off. I, I really am not. Uh, I don't always see it, but if I do, I'm not offended by it. Here's why I'm bringing it up. I, I think it's, it is a serious spiritual condition that we have to pay attention to. And, and, and that we are so easily fooled. How we're fooled is that we think, I've come to church, I've listened to a message, I've checked off the box, I'm good. But that's only the beginning piece. We're not really good until we actually put what we've heard into practice. Just hearing God's word doesn't set deep roots of faith. You won't grow deep roots of faith just by attending Sunday services. It won't happen. Hearing isn't enough. 
And, and so let's go back to, to the context in which Jesus told that parable, that story about, about the, the soils and the seed. See, in, in Mark chapter 4, verse 1, it talks about how there was this crowd that had gathered. And here, here's what happened in Jesus' life. We see it over and over. As you read through the Gospels, the story of Jesus, you see oftentimes all these crowds of people gathering around. And the reason was is that they were, first of all, Jesus was the best thing that was happening in any of their villages. And he was a great teacher. In fact, the scripture says that people said, we've never heard anybody teach like him. He was really good. And folks wanted to hear him. But the problem was that all these crowds would come to listen to him, but then they'd just walk away. Nothing changed. The seed had landed on a shallow heart. And it happens to all of us. So there's this dangerous routine that, that can easily begin to happen and develop into our lives. We, we attend, whether it's attending a class or a group or, or, or Sunday services, and, and we hear, and then, then nothing happens after that. That just describes our shallow spiritual roots. And, and I want you to know, our, myself and our teaching team we work really hard to provide you practical ways to apply the message. Almost, almost every week, we've got an action step for you to take. We try to develop our teaching in ways that's very practical, down to earth, in a way that you can apply it. But this is the key. I can't apply it for you. I can give suggestions. We can give ideas. But, but I don't know your, the details of your life enough to speak to every single person who's here. You have to take the word and then figure out how is that going to apply in your life. You've got to take the time to reflect and, and actually even ask God. And I want to encourage you to, to, before you hear a message, before you hear a teaching, before you do your devotion, that you ask these two questions. During that time, you ask these two questions. At the end, you ask these two questions. Here's the two questions. God, what are you saying to me? Through this word, through this teaching, what are you saying to me? And then second, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to apply it? So, so we make it personal. God, what are you saying to me? And then we look at how we can put it into practice. Here's what I need to do. God, what do you want me to do? Here's how I'm going to apply it. And, and that's Jesus' point in the parable of the sower and the soil. We, we, here's what he wants for us. To move from shallow to unshakable. And we do that by putting the word of God into practice. If we want to move from having a shallow heart that just lets the word land and then disappear, and we want to sink deep roots that help us to be unshakable in any storm, then we've got to put God's word into practice. And what Jesus is saying and teaching over and over again is it's easy to hear the word of God. That's not hard. Many of us know what the Bible says, knows what the Bible teaches. Many of us know what Jesus wants for us in our life. But when we know it and we don't do it, you know how the Bible describes that? We're hypocrites. Ouch. It's a serious heart condition, a shallow heart. Now, this whole theme is a huge deal to Jesus. 
over and over and over. He talks about it's not enough just to hear it. you got to actually do what I'm asking you to do. And I want to sh- show you three situations in Jesus' life where, where, where this is uh, emphasized. And, uh, uh, and, and one of those was uh, when there was this huge crowd. Huge crowd of people again because they were so uh, enthralled with Jesus and the crowd was so big and thick that, that Jesus' family that came a little bit later, they were trying to get to see Jesus and they couldn't get through the crowd. Eventually, word gets to Jesus that his family's here, they're looking for him and, and, and here's what Jesus says. This is found in Luke uh, chapter 8, verse, verse 21. Luke chapter 8, verse 21. Jesus said to that, he said, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Those who really get me are those who hear my word and put it into practice. There were, there were two groups there. There was the crowd and there was his family. And both of them didn't get who Jesus was and what he was about. The crowd was just in awe of him. The family was concerned about him. But, but Jesus says, no, what really matters is that you hear and put it into practice. That's job one. That's how we set deeper roots. And then there was another situation. Uh, and this one's kind of a weird situation. There was a, again, there was a crowd of people, and there was a woman in the crowd, and she yells this out to Jesus. She said, blessed is the mother who gave birth to you and nursed you. I don't know about you, but I think that's a little awkward. It's like, Really? It was, in my opinion, it was an awkward way to admire Jesus. But Jesus doesn't want to just be admired. That's not his purpose. He wants to change lives. Here's how Jesus responded. We find this in Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and what? Obey it. Not just hear it, but obey. Obey it. If you want to be blessed according to Jesus, if you want to experience the best that Jesus has for us in this life, then we not only hear the word, but we, we do what he says. We put it into action. We obey. And then there was this other time. Again, a crowd of people, and, and, and Jesus gives this warning. This is found in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Uh, in Luke chapter 6, 46, Jesus said, said these words. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say. He goes, he goes it's, it's, it's hypocritical. It's inconsistent to call me Lord. Lord means that, 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 that we surrender to him, that he's in charge of our life. It's, it's, it's wrong to, to, to give me that title and then not do what I ask you to do. Then not put into practice what I've commanded you to do. And, and then what's interesting is that, is that Jesus then Give, tells another parable. We call it the parable of the, the wise and foolish builders to explain it in, in verse 47. Again, Luke chapter 6, verse 47. He says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words, and catch this, and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid a foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent that struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. 
when a person hears God's word and puts it into practice, it's like someone who dug a deep, deep foundation so that when the storm came, it was unshakable. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. We see both a pattern and a point in all of these stories. The pattern was there was a crowd of people all wanting to hear Jesus. And the point that Jesus made was the, was the same thing over and over. It's not enough just to hear. you got to put it into practice. you got to do it. Then one more. This is from James. James was, let's just call him the half-brother of Jesus. James heard Jesus teach a lot. He had heard his teaching. And so, in fact, when you read the book of James that James wrote, you see him referencing Jesus over and over, just in, in slightly different words. And in James chapter 1, verse 22, James said this, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We deceive ourselves when we think we're good because we heard it, because we know it. What we have to do is do what Jesus said. So we've been warned. Jesus has warned us. James has warned us. We can't just read our Bibles. We can't just come to church. We can't just go to a group or a class and then do nothing about it. When the heat comes... When the winds blow, when the storms come, we're going to have to have sunk some deep roots, and those roots are only sunk as we are truly doing and accomplishing what Jesus has asked us to do, to be the people that he wants us to be. And when we sink those deep roots, then when the storms come, we're going to not just survive, we'll be able to thrive. Move from shallow to unshakable. Put the word of God into practice. Now we're in the middle of the NFL playoffs. My Cincinnati Bengals are going to the AFC championship. It was 1988 when they went last. 34 years ago, over half of my life, I've called them the Bungles. Now, at this time of the season... Any of, any of the teams that have gotten in, into the playoffs, they, they have learned their playbook. Every team has a playbook. Every player at this time of the season knows the playbook. That's not the problem. If you want to get to the Super Bowl, you have to not only know the playbook, you have to be able to put the playbook into practice. You have to accomplish what the, you have to know your part and do it at the right time in the right way. That's what makes a play work. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about, that we can't just know the playbook. We can't just have an understanding of this and stop there. We actually have to be living it because that's when God becomes real in our life. That's how we sink deep roots. That's how we are prepared when the difficult times come. You heard Pastor Trevor earlier say that next week we're going to start a new series. It's called Playbook. It's the playbook of Jesus. We're going to look at the eight Beatitudes. 
Those beatitudes, are, are, we don't want to just understand them. We're not doing this series so that you'll know what the eight beatitudes are. Those beatitudes, each one of those is a step that draws us deeper into Jesus. Each one of those beatitudes takes us at a deeper level with him. And so we're going to look and explore that pathway, the playbook that Jesus provided for us to be able to really sink those deep roots. And so as we do that, that's how we move from shallow to unshakable. Jesus is calling us to be all in. For the last two weeks, we've talked about what it means to be all in. And, and, and all in simply means this. When we're all in, it means that we have chosen to be a radical follower of Jesus. Now, here's something interesting to me about that word radical. Most of us don't really like radicals. If you watch cable news, I don't care if it's right or left, if they're going to they're going to use the radical label the 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 the, the left will say the, uh, talk about the radical right the right will talk about the radical left we don't like radicals cuz they're on the fringe they're out to destroy everything that we like and value and cherish they're dangerous they're threatening we don't really like radicals and yet i just said if we're all in we're called to be radical followers of jesus now, I want you to stay with me. Did you know the word radical? It comes from the Latin word, which means root. That's our church one word. The word radical comes from the word root. So how does radical then really, with this idea tied to root, how does that apply to our spiritual faith? What's the connection? If we're deeply rooted in God's word and his truths, Listen, if we're deeply rooted, not just, not just shallow hearts where the word of God lands, but we don't really do anything about it, but we're really practicing it. When we're deeply rooted in God's truth, then we're going to be radicals to the world because we're going to be different from the world. We're going to act differently. We're going to think differently. We're going to believe differently. And to radically follow Jesus means that we're different from the culture in which we live. And we're seen as being those who are on the fringe because we haven't bought in to all the lies of our culture. We're not under control of this world. Now, as radicals, we're not trying to destroy our culture. We're just wanting to be a radical difference that others can see there's a different way to live, a better way to live. Jesus wants to penetrate our hearts. He wants to go deep. He wants us to, to embrace a radical obedience to him, actually doing what he's asked us to do. And the question is, is that what you want? Do you want to press deeper into Jesus? Are you ready to move from information to transformation? Are you ready to put what you believe into action? Are you ready to go from shallow to unshakable? And if so, I've got an invitation for you. We've got a 10-week discipleship experience that can move you from shallow to deep. It, it can move you from information to transformation. It can help you put into practice what Jesus asked us to do. 
And it's called rooted. Appropriate. That's our church word for the year. And Rooted is an incredible 10-week group experience that helps us put into practice what Jesus asked us to do. We learn seven rhythms that can become lifelong habits, and it's those rhythms that help us put into practice what we, most of us already know that we should do. And, and, and each person who's part of a group gets to, to have access to, to this workbook called Rooted, and and it's, but it's not just the workbook that's so helpful. It's that you get to experience this together with others in a group context. So we're going to have several groups that are going to start February 6th. And um, uh, we've got limited spots, and I'll explain why. We've got 46 spots in our English groups, and we've got eight spots in our Spanish groups. And, and here's what I'm asking. If you're currently a life group leader, maybe a teacher or you might be interested in leading a group. What we want to do is we want to prepare uh, those who will lead our rooted groups uh, in this first round. And, and uh, so if you're interested in that, we'd love for you to join that. And then what, later, later in the year, then we're going to launch this much, much broader now once we've got some leaders trained. Folks, I want you to know this is an incredible experience. Um, our staff right now is doing it together as a staff. I've done this with my one. I've done this with two other groups of people. It is transformational. People's lives are changed in it. And, and, and so if, if you take this, if, if you uh, become a part of this and take it seriously, you're going to experience a dramatic uh, change. You're going to see your faith have a much, much deeper rootedness in, in every way. So to find out more about Rooted and all the other classes that are beginning uh, in February, uh, I want to encourage you to text ROOTED to 46356. ROOTED to 46356. That's going to take you to our next step page, and then you'll see a button that says Pathways. And the Pathways button will show you all the different classes we're offering, including uh, the Rooted class. And, uh, and if you're here on campus, uh, we've got a table and a tent out in the courtyard. You can find out more about all of our classes, uh, including Rooted, uh, out there and ask any questions you want. So I just want to encourage you, join a group, join a class, join Rooted so that you can move from shallow to unshakable. It's how we put God's Word into practice. Now, maybe, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for, to be a part of a rooted group yet because y you just got basic questions about who Jesus is, uh, about faith, uh, about the Bible. And I want to encourage you to consider another uh, class that we're offering. It's called Alpha. Alpha is designed as a safe place where you can explore the Christian faith. It's a place where you can ask honest questions, where, where you can express your doubts and your struggles. Nobody's going to judge you in, the, in, the, in that context. In fact, we want to encourage you to ask your honest questions so that you can get honest answers to some things that you're struggling with. And Alpha is, is designed uh, just exactly for that. So again, if you want to be a part of Alpha or Rooted, or any of the other classes, just text Rooted to 46356, or go to the table in the courtyard. Folks, I want you to know something. We, we, we've been all asking the question, what's the new normal? What's life going to be like after COVID? And nobody knows for sure, but I, I believe this with all my heart. I, I've, I've done a lot of 
a broad study, not just about, about the, you know, the COVID disease, but about how the, that's affected our whole world in all kinds of different ways. And, and, I, and in fact, I wrote a blog on this last week. You can check out my blog. Here's what I believe the new normal is going to be. Time will tell, but here's what the new normal is going to be. The new normal will be unpredictable. The new normal will be all of the stability that we've experienced for many, many, many years is going to be gone. The, the unpredi- it'll be unpredictable economically. It'll be unpredictable health issues. It'll, everything is going to be changing at a rapid rate, and we're not, it's not going to be like it was. And I don't say that to scare us. I'm not afraid. I'm saying that because more than ever in maybe our lifetime, we need to have deep roots that will withstand all of that unpredictability and change. And the pathway to having deep roots is having our hearts deeply set in God's Word where we're actually doing what God asks us to do, not just knowing about it. So that when the storms come, When the heat comes, that which was planted in us will have deep enough roots to survive whatever's going to come our way. It's critical that we move from shallow to unshakable. And we do that by putting the Word of God into practice. So, when you come to church, when you go to class, small group, When you do your Bible reading or your devotion, can I just encourage you to ask the two questions over and over? And the two questions are this. God, what is God saying to me? What is God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? God, what are you saying to me? And then what am I going to do about it? Let me pray for us. Father God, Help us to listen to you, but not stop at listening. Holy Spirit, help us to apply what you're saying to us as as we hear your word. Holy Spirit, we're inviting you to go deep within us, to address those things deep inside that hold us back from, from truly being the people you want us to be. Holy Spirit, we invite you to transform us deep inside Help us to be alert to that. Help us to want that. Help us to seek that. Help us to be constantly attentive to how you want us to live and the things that you want us to do. And then give us the courage and the boldness to live that out. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.